Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Good day! I hope that despite the COVID-19 crisis, you are safe, you are happy, joyous, and free. I firmly believe that Mother Nature is sending us a message. Mother Nature is saying, essentially, go to your room. Go to your room and think about what you, whoever's got it up, just turn it down. Thank you. Go to your room and think about what you've done. Think about what you've done to nature. Think about what you've done to your fellow creatures, other beings who have just as much right to live on this planet as you do, who want their lives as much as you do. And hopefully during this time of isolation, self-reflection, meditate, change, and emerge more evolved. That is the message, uh, I believe, of Mother Nature today during this crisis. Uh, I'm going to talk to two of my heroes, Felipe Avalos and Ray Epolito, who are taking this opportunity to spread a message of love. It's called Big Love. And let's hear right right from Ray, from Ray and Felipe himself. Felipe, tell us what you've been doing. Well, we uh, started... Uh Let's just say I was challenged by my good friend, Ray Bolito, uh, about five weeks ago to uh, make uh, and create vegan meals to uh, serve our first responders. Uh, about six weeks ago, we were going to head upstate uh, to kind of run away from COVID-19 here in the city because, you know, the sky was falling. My wife and I decided we either head upstate or we stay here and we start uh, serving our first responders who are doing amazing work. Uh, We have a really good friend who runs the IC unit over at Mount Sinai, Brooklyn. And she was telling us horror stories about what was going on in the hospitals. Uh, And on top of that, they couldn't get decent meals to eat. I mean, they were literally being served... uh, third-rate chicken salad sandwiches and, you know, American cheese and white bread sandwiches. And they were working double shift, working 16, 20 hours. Uh, So Ray asked me, listen, Felipe, and, you know, in all transparency, uh, I wasn't following a 100% vegan lifestyle. Uh, I consider myself a transitioning vegan. Uh, And Ray said, listen, buddy, you know, do me a favor with all the things that are going on. You know, with all of this, it's a foodborne illness. Uh, do me a favor. Can you make all the meals that you deliver vegan? So I thought about it for about three minutes. And I said, okay, I will pledge to you that every meal that we send out will be vegan. Uh, today marks a milestone. In five weeks, we have sent out 3,000 meals to about six or seven hospitals that we've been sending food out uh, and it's really just prepared at home uh, by myself, my 13-year-old son, Valentino, and my wife and my assistant uh, for my catering company. Uh, so between the four of us, we put out 3,000 meals. Uh, we've been assisted by an amazing group of volunteers. My wife is an artist. So we have uh, 
ton of artist friends that are coming up with their cars, driving up every day, grabbing their boxes. We make what we're calling our big love boxes uh, and delivering meals to the hospitals. And I can't tell you how fabulous it's been received. Uh, doctors, nurses who have never focused on what it is to eat vegan uh, now text me and email me daily wondering if their hospital is on, you know, is uh, is on the uh, route for the following day because they look so forward to uh, to these meals. So it, it's been oh, fantastic. You're bringing tears to my eyes. This is such a beautiful thing. Ray, first of all, uh, the doctors and the nurses are very influential people when it comes to um, how people eat, their lifestyle. So this is having a ripple effect. Uh, God willing, when all this uh, calms down and they are seeing people, they may actually have experienced the benefits of eating uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains and be able to spread that word, Ray. Um, why did you get involved, Ray? Tell us. I had no choice, just like you, Jane. 14 years ago, I... Uh, I realized what it took to create meals uh, with animals. And ever since then, I've been a very vocal activist, um, almost to the point where um, I've pushed my buddy Felipe away, as you might <laughs> you know, experience. We're, we're a very passionate group of folks because it doesn't, um, it's not our lives, right? It's not our lives that we're talking about. We're talking about the lives of others. So that's why I'm willing to fight as strong as I am. And then going to the environmental benefits uh, of being vegan. It's massive. And then we go now into the health benefits, which you just shared. It's, um, it's sad if any of you have seen what the health, like, and any of you have talked to any doctors, you know, we expect doctors and nurses to uh, understand about nutrition and guide us in nutrition, but yet they really don't study it. And, and it's getting better, actually, I could say. I've, I've learned of a few hospitals taking it on, but they don't study nutrition. So why is it that we expect them to understand nutrition? They study pharmaceuticals and surgery, and then that's where we get stuck. So what we're doing at Big Love, sharing food for free for all the doctors, nurses, the first responders of many hospitals. I don't know what the toll is now, five, six hospitals or so. Maybe more Felipe could give the toll on that. But um, it's giving them healthy food. And, and here's the other thing which I shared with Felipe originally. How could we possibly, and I'm talking about this as a society, how could we possibly move forward and possibly the last the last expression, the last example that Mother Nature may give us right now to get it, how could we possibly move forward and share food that, that, that literally created this virus and almost 80% of all the other viruses that have been created on the planet are due to the way in which we use, abuse, and slaughter animals. It's, it's horrific. It's like going to an AA meeting and, and, and handing out free shots. You know, It's ridiculous. So it's vital that we teach and which we do every time we're eating and every time we're showing them the great food that they're eating, we are teaching, we're educating. And some of the, the, the messages that have come back, um, you know, from doctors and nurses, which I'm really glad to hear, but it's, 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 it's painful. Like I never thought vegan feed, food could be so good. I never knew about this. Who knew it wasn't a real burger or a real, like, like these are the people that are caring for us. We need to make a difference. We need to make a difference. And, uh, my love to Felipe and oops, am I on here? Yeah, you are. I'm just okay, showing cool. an article that that actually a Forbes article that shows a caterer turns his talents to feeding hospital workers. Yeah. And so you've made news. You've actually made news here 
uh, doing this. Felipe Avalos traded a career in fashion that took him around the world for a restaurant business that largely kept him in Brooklyn and morphed into big love catering. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, you went to to work and went to town. And uh, so I think it's absolutely wonderful that you are getting this kind of uh, coverage, um, which is is you know, terrific, because then it also spreads the word as you are doing that. And one of the reasons I want to click on this is that there's a GoFundMe page and folks can go to this GoFundMe page. You've raised almost $14,000 so far because food isn't free. And it says food for New York City's first responders. So people are um, responding to your effort uh, in just the last couple of days, you see $100, $30, $100. Anybody who wants to get involved, the link to this GoFundMe page is right on the introduction to this live video. You can help them spread the word. It is a win, win, win because it feeds the first responders who are putting their lives on the line. And we know that if they are not... Um, eating healthy and they're not feeling good, they can't be as effective. And also um, you're educating them about the importance of a plant-based diet. And um, you're, you're, you're just, it's just a 100% positive. Let me ask you something, Felipe. What are some of the meals that you make? Well, we've, uh, I mean, one of the things that's been really exciting is, you know, I mean, you can give someone a stalk of celery and say that that's vegan, okay, or a head of lettuce and that's vegan. What I wanted to do is really creatively make dishes that really blow someone's mind that, oh my God, that's not vegan. Uh, so for instance, the, the same uh, time and effort that I put into cooking, you know, the meals that I cooked in the past that were non-vegan, uh, you know, roasting my vegetables, creating a cream sauce, uh, and really a, a lot of trial and error and testing. Uh, so, for instance, I sent something that was wildly successful, which was a creamy, cheesy pasta with roasted vegetables, and you know, making the cream with oat milk, and you know, doing a, a roux and using nutritional yeast to make it cheesy and. Uh, you know, garlic and shallots. Uh, so that was a dish that was wildly successful. Uh, making <coughs> vegan burgers. Uh, and again, not just your regular veggie patty, you know, which everybody's been eating is really like, how do I make this vegan burger using my Spanish roots, uh, using paprika and, you know, smoky flavors to give it a chorizo type flavor. Uh, so every day we're making, we've actually also, Jane, I'm sorry, in what we've raised, I, I wanna give a special mention to uh, someone who's become uh, a friend over the course of a month. Uh, and that's Seth Tibbet uh, from Perky, who, you know, who, when he heard what I was doing, uh, made his own fundraiser to coincide with the launch of his book. and sent us $7,600 that he raised in two weeks time. Uh, not only that, but his in-kind donations. Uh, and I want to mention also 
the guys over at Follow Your Heart, uh, Bob Goldberg, uh, Ray, you've also worked with people there, you can mention also, uh, who have also sent so much product, which I'm having, you know, an amazing time, uh, you know, playing with, you know, taking vegan A's and making uh, uh, unbelievable like basil sauces and chipotle mayos and all these other sauces that I'm using into my, my cooking also. Uh, Kurt over at Freakin' Vegan, uh, he was furnished us with vegan empanadas and some vegan pastas for us to uh, to use. Raw Rev, who have sent us uh, peanut butter, salted caramel bars. So we've had an awful lot of ingredients and uh, product to play with. Uh, well, so actually, it was Seth who contacted us and said, you got to do something on these guys. And Seth of Tofurky is somebody who gives constantly. Uh, the Tofurky Trot raises funds for this cause, um, the vegan cause. Um, he provides so many um, food items to organizations such as yours to help uh, feed people this life-saving food. And, you know, I, I think the world is changing now, Ray. Let's look at the big picture. Um, in fact, this morning, TMZ did a whole yeah. story on wet markets. And so people are starting to look at these wet markets where all the ex 99.9% .9 of the experts, conspiracy theories aside, um, conclude that it began in a wet market in Wuhan, China. That's where the first people who got sick and went to the hospital came from. That's a dirty, disgusting uh, Petri dish for disease where there's blood, there's guts, there's feces, there's urine, there's live animals, there's domestic animals, there's wild animals. And lest anybody think this is just a problem in China, there's more than 80 wet markets in New York City alone. And that's what TMZ focused on today. Um, yeah. What's the big picture? Do you think that people are connecting the dots that um, meat isn't the solution, it's the problem, Ray? It sure is the cause. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you know, 80% of all these viruses, there's zoonotic viruses that come from animals. You can only imagine that when we take animals, which we slaughter roughly 3 trillion a year between the sea life that we take from the ocean and the over 70 billion land animals that we raise and feed over 70% of our crops to use 55% of our water, 45% of our land. The, the statistics are mind boggling and foolish. It's like a sci-fi reality show, like what we're doing. It's, it's, it's horrible. The reality is that when you take animals, you stack them, they urinate and defecate on each other. They are watching and hearing their loved ones being slaughtered and know that their next produces cortisol through adrenaline. And the urinate and the blood and everything. I mean, that is like, I mean, of course, it's just a cocktail for disaster. And Jane, as you mentioned, there's eight, just in New York City alone, there are 80 wet markets. But let's not make a mistake. All the slaughterhouses have a similar effect. You know, the wet markets in China, everyone's outraged. It's a sim, Jane, you know this, you've, you've covered so much around Harambe and Cecil the Lion. Like people get outraged about this stuff because 92% of people pulled love animals, yet there's just a single digit number, very low single digit number of people who, who are vegan. So this is the opportunity, and I want to share this, this is important, that we take this time as people of conscience, uh, as people who are vegan, 
vegetarian, whatever. And we, we, we take this opportunity because it's either, this is either happening to us, we're victims of it, or it's happening for us that we're actually going to use this as fuel to educate, inspire, and empower people to realize the amazing food that we're making at Big Love, the amazing food that's being, that's available from Follow Your Heart, uh, Tofurky, Freaking Vegan, Miyoko's Kitchen, da-da-da, I can go on. There's more and more products out there, and we can do this. It's very easy. So we have to look at a bigger picture. I do think that people are looking at a big, bigger picture. As we see, um, Tyson is going out. Uh, all these, look at all the dairy farms that are going out. Even Elmhurst, this, is, this happened a while ago. Elmhurst, a couple years ago, a few years ago. They were a dairy farm for 95 years. 95 years, and now plant-based, making more money than they ever had. So it's an opportunity to make more money if you're in, 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 uh, concerned about money. It's important for our health. And Felipe has kids. A lot of us have children. This is the, the planet that we're leaving to kids. Are we willing yeah. to take a step backwards or forwards? And this is the opportunity right now. And I see, I'm going to try to share this right now. Uh, this was a headline I woke up to this morning. Uh, and here it is. The food supply chain is breaking. Tyson Foods warns of meat shortage as plants close due to COVID-19. That's false. They're breaking. They're breaking. The food yes. system isn't breaking. They're yes. breaking. Absolutely. The, this idea that we equate food with meat, indeed, what is absolutely uh, crazy about that is that if we wanted to end food shortage, we would stop selling meat and producing meat because animals eat so much more than they produce as food. And it takes at least eight, possibly even 25 pounds of grain to make one steak. So we could feed the grain directly to people. 90% approximately of all soy is fed to farm animals, not to human beings. If we redirected that soy directly to people, we could live in a world of natural abundance where nobody goes hungry. I actually wrote an email to a news anchor who yesterday talked about food shortages and then cited the, uh, which they don't call slaughterhouses, they call them meat packing, as if people are packing for a vacation. Slaughterhouses, they don't say pigs, they say pork. A pork shortage and then equating that with a food shortage because the meat packing companies are cut, are shut down when indeed it's slaughterhouses killing factories that kill pigs, they don't kill pork. We create other words for them so we don't have to visualize the pig. And, uh, and I wrote a nice, polite letter. I happen to have the email and said, look, you can't equate, it's misleading. Thank you for covering. Because anytime they cover the meat industry closing down because there's been an outbreak of a virus inside the, the facility, that's a, a good thing to let people know that, you know, their patties didn't fall from the sky. But I said, it's misleading to equate a food shortage with a meat shortage. Meat is actually the reason we have food shortages. And if we wanted to end food shortages, we would transition to plant-based right now. And indeed, one of our, our top stories we just published this morning, an exclusive on Jane Unchained, JBS, the largest meat producer in the mm. world, has just gone all in on vegan products, doing a vegan certification with B-Veg Vegan Certification Company, which is one of our partners, to um, 
produce their Plantera Ozo vegan meat line. And that's in going in the stores, in the stores. They have the answer. Tyson Foods also invested in Beyond Meat. And then sure ultimately, uh, it's believed is, is doing their own thing with meat alternatives. These companies see the writing on the wall, but now this has been accelerated. It has been accelerated rapidly. And just before we get back to Felipe, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, Ray. Yeah, I mean, the reality is that there are companies that are coming around. We have tremendous numbers that are going out. We see lots of uh, meat companies, slaughterhouses, dairy companies changing over. If you're interested in business, it's a stupid move to invest in anything other than plant-based. Look at what, actually, I just spoke to a friend of mine today, told me that Beyond Meat stocks are higher than they've ever been. They all, of course, as we know, have- Well, let me just correct you right there. It went, when Beyond Meat, I, it's hard to keep up. So yes, it's way up. But when Beyond Meat came on the market in 2019, it was the most successful initial public offering since the 2008 financial crisis. It shot up to over $200 a share. Then it came back down to earth, which is normal. And then it has now research. It has a new resurgence. And it's, it came up this week uh, very, very quickly. And it's not back to its all-time high, but it has it has come up. Today, it went back a little bit, but it's definitely a Motley Fool just last week issued a buy recommendation on, on the stock because um, the, the, the people who care about money, who aren't looking at it from an environmental, um, a health, or a moral uh, standpoint, they're just looking at trying to make money, you, you'd, you'd have to be completely uh, eyes closed, and, and not hearing to uh, not recognize that the, the infrastructure that produces meat and dairy is crumbling. Mother Nature's giving it a nice big push out the door. Uh, the only thing that had propped up milk was government subsidies and government forcing kids in public schools, most of whom are allergic to cow's milk, to drink that. Now that the, the schools are closed and kids are online, they're not drinking that stuff that's not good for them. We're not cows. We don't need to drink the breast milk of another species. The dairy industry is circling the drain. There's an entire movement, let dairy die. And um, the only thing that's keeping them alive now are you, you and me tax dollars. Our tax dollars are against uh, without our permission, are going in to prop up um, these these failing industries that need to just die so that people can get healthier, so that we don't have to kill so many animals, so that we can reverse climate change. I mean, for a multitude of reasons. And um, unfortunately, I don't see, with the exception of Cory Booker, who's uh, vegan, um, that many people on either side of the aisle recognizing the importance of um, transitioning to plant-based. And I don't get into politics here, but it's on both sides of the aisle, there it's is both a- Both sides, it's old money. Yeah, it's all about the money, but but now they're gonna, they can follow the money to plant-based. Uh, you, you know, Felipe, weigh in on that because you're in the industry. Well, it's interesting because yesterday I had a long conversation uh, with a friend of mine in Hong Kong. I had an office in Hong Kong for almost 20 years. Uh, so I, I went to my share of wet markets over there. And, you know, these factories thought that it was 
very honorific to take a Westerner to these places to have a luxurious meal. And you're absolutely right. They were, you know, even for someone who ate meat back then, it was disgusting. Okay. The problem is, you know, China, Hong Kong and the Far East, you know, everyone's followed the American model, you know, and the American model is, you know, when, when you make money, okay, people started eating more meat. It was a sign of wealth. Okay. The same thing happened in Hong Kong and China. Okay. As China became a big global superpower, the way you showed that you had money was you ate more meat, you know, you ate more meat and, you know, you bought Starbucks and you bought Ralph Lauren. Okay. So everyone was always trying to follow the American model. Okay. The only thing that they didn't understand was the American model wasn't always the right model to follow. You know, the, chi the Chinese diet back 30 years ago, okay, was rice and vegetables, okay? And, and tofu. It, yeah, tofu. And in and fact, the Chinese or the Asian um, food stylists are the ones who invented meat alternatives and faux meats. Absolutely, um, but what happened is they, they were following this American model. It's like the Americans eat hamburgers. Listen, the, the, the top 10 grossing uh, McDonald's in the world exist in Hong Kong and China. The top 10 grossing Starbucks in the world exist in Hong Kong and China. Okay? And let me jump in and say that Beyond Meat is now going to be working with Starbucks in China to provide vegan options. We're going to have to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're staying live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead. join us the voice america influencers channel are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, we're talking big love. Um, we're in a crisis, but uh, these gentlemen here 
got together to be a force for good on many fronts. Ray Ippolito, vegan Ray, longtime activist, teamed up with his very dear friend, uh, Felipe Avalos, who is a just giant in the concept of food distribution. He knows how to do it. And uh, he is now serving thousands of meals to doctors and nurses in hospitals in New York City who are risking their lives to save lives. And at the same time now, they're getting good, nutritious food. And they're also learning that vegan food is delicious, nutritious, and better for us, better for the animals, better for the planet. Okay, we've got some callers lined up. Paige, what is your question or thought, Paige? Thanks for your patience. Oh, absolutely. I have a couple things I want to share out and then a a question as well. The first thing is there is a tweet storm going on right now that people can find out about on Jane on Jane News Instagram about wet markets to tweet out Stop the Wet Markets. And there's also petitions going around the world to to stop, uh, to close down the wet markets as well. So I was speaking to about the activists, um, you know, they can tweet today or they can go on and sign the petition as well. I want to say thank you so much, big love. You have such a huge heart. And there, locally, there's a project called the Martha Project, which has been serving um, the houseless in Los Angeles. And there's also Billie Eilish and her mom created what's called Support and Feed, which yeah. buys meals for the homeless from plant-based restaurants. So here's my question, guys. I just am so excited about this. Are you familiar with... Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, who are bringing plant-based meals to uh, two hospitals, my understanding. And what I see is, you know, in the holidays when celebrities get together and they give meals to the houseless, right, or people in need or first responders, like this and partnerships could go on throughout the whole year. Am I right? Absolutely. Those are great ideas. And yes, we uh, celebrate so many of these incredible projects. Support and Feed is extraordinary. They're taking the top, many of the top vegan restaurants in LA and New York and um, working with them to distribute uh, vegan food to first responders. And they're encouraging people in other cities to go to supportandfeed.com and look at what they're doing. And you can start it there too. So um, those are very powerful, powerful. The great thing about veganism in general is that there is this sense of collaboration, not competition. You know, uh, when Impossible Foods, the top guy at Impossible Foods was being interviewed on a major network, uh, the reporter asked, well, you know, your competitor beyond meat is blah, blah. And he cut her off and he said, they're not competitors. We are, have the same mission. We are together, united in trying to, um, in turning the world plant-based and we wish them all the luck in the world. We are on their side. And I just loved his answer because it epitomizes the vegan attitude. Life is not a zero sum game for me to win. You don't have to lose. We have a collaborative spirit as opposed to a competitive spirit. Um, And that's so, so fantastic. Let's go to one more caller, and then we'll get back to our incredible crew, Felipe Avalos and Ray Apolito. Lisa from California, your question or thought, Lisa? Hi. My question is for, act for either Felipe or Ray. I just want to know something about the logistics of how you do that. Do you rent out 
uh, commercial kitchens. How do you get that, that, that volume of food out to so many people, which is just incredible? How do you do that? Felipe? Well, the thing is, when, when, when the COVID pandemic hit, we shut down our, our, our commercial kitchen outside of my home. But I do have a mini commercial kitchen set up in my home. And because we were uh, sheltered at home and in isolation, we decided we were going to do this. And we were just going to send out 60 to 100 meals when we first started. Uh, and so we're doing it all from, from the home. So, How yeah, do you do our- that? I can't make toast and coffee without burning something. <laughs> How do you make meals for thousands of people in your kitchen? Well, I know you've got a good place back there. This is Brooklyn. Look at that. But, I mean, you must have a big kitchen. But, I mean. We have a huge kitchen. And, you know, we, we bought uh, and brought in commercial freezers and low boys and bought additional ovens. <laughs> uh, so I also brought things in from my commercial kitchen into the home. Uh, to facilitate and being a caterer, I, I'm pretty adept at cooking large amounts of food uh, for <laughs> large groups of people. Uh, so, I wanted to uh, share with you. I'm sorry, go ahead, Felipe. I wanted to. No, we, we had all the tools to make it happen. So, Lisa, I, I, I'm not sure why you're asking the question, but my hope is that you're asking because you're looking to do something, and I just want to empower you to like just to do it. I know other people who are doing some efforts. If you could, you could even partner with a restaurant that's an existing vegan restaurant to see if they'd be willing to open up their kitchen and make meals. There are first responders that need meals there. Felipe said it very clearly early on, and this doesn't come from us. This comes from the doctors and nurses that we know. They're being fed crap. They eat crap. They're not you know, exposed to really great food. And to be able to have it in one box Felipe and crew have been so instrumental in, in, in um, being mindful, like, hey, what, what can we make that's easy so that there's not a lot of touching and handling? So um, we'd be happy to talk to you. Feel free to get, uh, get in touch with us via Facebook or whatever. But please, the reason why I'm sharing this is please let this be a, a moment of being empowered for you to be in action. There's no difference between us and you and somebody else. Felipe, you know, he's a caterer. He's he's great chef. You probably know people that cook really well. I knew Seth. I knew all these great people that I've been able to like just open our open you know dialogue with and, and say, listen, this is a, we have some really great opportunity here to do stuff. People have donated money, and some incredible companies have donated food, and it's been a really beautiful collaborative effort. That you know, there's no manual for this. We just started it. So you want to hear how we did it? We just I just told you. So get on it and be in action. It's really important. All right. We've got Brielle. Brielle, what is your question or thought? Hi there. And thank you so much to, to Big Love for the amazing work that you all are doing. I wanted to know thank what you, is your vision and dream for the longevity and the legacy of Big Love and the program and the effort that you all are up to? That's a great question, Brielle. It's something that we've been addressing a lot in the last couple of weeks. It's where do we go from here? Uh, I'm a big fan of Jose Andres, not necessarily for the fact that they cook conventional meals, but their call to service in action with the uh, World Central Kitchen. Like Ray said, they they motivate faster than any FEMA, federal organization, wherever there's a crisis, boom, they're there serving tens of thousands of meals. They were 
in Puerto Rico, they were in Haiti, the fires in California, wherever. Uh, and he really motivates uh, and, and puts into action a lot of restaurants uh, and continues to bring a flow of money to workers while feeding and doing good. So what we're talking about is taking this forward, establishing a proper 501c3. Uh, and what I envision Big Love doing in the future is being the kind of Red Cross vegan call to action who does the same thing similar to World Central Kitchen, only holding true to our vegan lifestyle and vegan philosophy. So if there's a problem anywhere in the United States, if there's a problem somewhere in South America, we want to be able to go feed first responders, hospitals, impoverished people, people that have been ravaged by some storm, some earthquake, you know, in, 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 in a vegan lifestyle. So That's, this has really transformed your life, Felipe, because this absolutely. started as a project that might have been a couple of weeks or a month, and now you're saying you're going to devote your life to this. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's what I want to do the rest of my life. It's, 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 I've been called to service, and I kind of what we were talking about, and we were saying this earlier when you asked the question about how do I see you know, vegan business and veganism going forward is that I started to say, I was having a conversation with a friend in Hong Kong. And I said, Sonny, how is, how is this happening? What's happening in Hong Kong and China with veganism? And he said, Felipe, everybody, the entire middle class and upper middle class and the wealthy set now don't want to eat meat. Okay. It's like the, the buzzword, what's trending here is vegan, vegan, vegan. Uh, and this is a country that for the last 30 years, like I said, you know, there, there's an ongoing joke that, you know, the Chinese eat anything on four legs, okay, that's not a wooden table. Uh, and they are really embracing this whole vegan lifestyle because they understand that it is foodborne, that it is zoonotic. Uh, so th that's all positive. So for me, the future is this. Yes. And, uh, you know, again, I want to say anybody who points a finger and says, oh, China, there's thousands of wet markets mm -hmm. in New York. There's more than 80 in New York City alone. TMZ just did an incredible story uh, that featured Adita Berncrant, who's one of our um, contributors, uh, talking about the horrors of wet markets. Uh, but it's not just the wet markets. You know, all slaughterhouses have the same thing in common. You know, blood, guts, uh, urine, um, eyeballs. Uh, it's it's a it's a disgusting, disgusting, vile, violent place. And so, one of the things that I think has been helpful is it's a reality check. Even though the networks say meat packing, even though they won't use the names of the animals, they'll say head of hog or uh, pork or cattle. They won't say pigs and cows. Um, they'll say meatpacking. They won't say slaughterhouse. You won't hear the word slaughterhouse very often. Mm. Um, but despite all that, the imagery of these poor people, elbow to elbow, who have to kill for eight hours a day and debone for eight hours a day, um, it's reaching the consumers so they can snap out of their denial and uh, um, realize what really goes into that 
patty or that uh, slice of bacon. A lot of suffering. Suffering for humans who have very, very little choice in what job they'll take. I interviewed the union leader who represents 3,000 slaughterhouse workers. And she said to my face, nobody wants this job. Okay? People take it because it's the only work they can find. And it's almost exclusively done by new immigrants and people of color and um, not uh, American-born citizens who are saying, you know, nobody, nobody majors in slaughterhouse. There are no slaughterhouses on Park Avenue or in Beverly Hills. So there's an environmental racism uh, aspect to all of this when you start thinking about it as well. And, um, you know, a lot of people who do yoga and who are, let's say, uh, the top echelon income-wise demographic walk around talking about himsa and I'm love-based and I'm a Buddha and they're, they're buying this stuff and um, acting as if they're not complicit in the killing of these animals and the exploitation of these workers, but they are. And now, because of what's happening with COVID-19, they're starting to connect the dots, okay? Peace begins on your plate, as my dear friend Patty Shanker says. We're going to take another break on Voice America Radio, and we'll be back with more. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Uh, the world's changing, and it's changing because Mother Nature is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. You know, it, it, I always use the addiction metaphor because uh, I'm 25 years sober, and until I hit bottom, you could talk to me till you were blue in the face. I didn't want to hear about don't drink. I was suspicious if you didn't drink. If I had a party and you came over and you just wanted a glass of water, I was like, what's wrong with you? Thinking in my head, hmm. 
And then I hit bottom. Luckily, my bottom was making a fool of myself at a party in Hollywood. It wasn't driving the wrong way on the freeway and killing anybody. Uh, but it was a bottom, you know. And uh, I had a friend to call. My good buddy I used to party with got sober. And I called him and I asked for help. And uh, it was a miracle because I thought I couldn't quit. But what I had was a psychic shift, a moment of clarity. I'll never forget what, what happened in my brain. What happened was, because every night I would tell myself, I'm not going to drink tonight, and I would drink. But what happened was something clicked, and I said, I don't have to drink tonight. And uh, I haven't had a drink in 25 years. Thank God. Knock on wood one day at a time, you know, because oh. it's, a, it's a disease of amnesia. But it's the same thing uh, with meat and dairy. Uh, it's, you know, they say about uh, addiction, first it's fun, then it's fun with problems, then it's just problems. Now we're getting to the point where the meat and dairy industry is just problems, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's a mathematical calculation. Is all of this wreckage worth it? People dying, people um, losing their jobs, the economy collapsing, um, so that, that we can chop animals up? Of course not. Of course not. And I'll tell you something else. They, they threw out a lot of conspiracy theories that I believe that were designed to deflect from the idea that this began in a slaughterhouse. If you notice, the networks pretty much until COVID-19 started shutting down the slaughterhouses, until workers started dying of COVID-19 in the slaughterhouses, they were not talking about anything about animal agriculture, wet markets, anything. The mm -hmm. dam broke when uh, it became an issue of workers, human beings getting sick and dying in these slaughterhouses where people work elbow to elbow. Then all of a sudden, it started to become a subject. And then people sort of, you know, it's very hard to connect the dots when you don't want to. But they started. The sense of Bill Maher just did an incredible, incredible talk about this. Fantastic. Torturing animals is what got us into this place. It started in a slaughterhouse in China. It's now in slaughterhouses in America. Wake up, do the math. Do yeah. you think this is going to be the breakthrough moment, Ray? Well, listen, Jane, this is, this is honestly what I believe. And a friend of mine said this so poignantly. It's like, this may be the last warning that Mother Nature gives us. We have had so many, and if we just look at this last year, I just mentioned about the rainforest in Brazil. So many of us were freaked out what happened in, in Australia. We have a pressing issue, and, and you said it so perfectly too, like in a sense, why would we engage in this slaughter, engage in a massive irresponsible use of resources, the destruction, the most polluting industry, the number one cause of global greenhouse gas emissions, ocean dead zones, species extinction, habitat destruction, antibiotic use, which if you listen to the UN and the World Health Organization, one of the worst things that's coming down the pike, and it has been, is antibiotic resistance, which is why we're here today. So just take this into consideration, everyone, for a moment. We are now in the middle of a pandemic that was created by us torturing animals so that we can eat them. But when we eat them, we actually contribute to the top two killers in the U.S. alone, which is heart disease and colorectal cancer. But don't <laughs> worry about it. We have medication that will take care of that. And guess what we do? Guess where we get that? By testing on other animals and by destroying our planet. There's a reason why 
We take kids apple picking and berry picking, and we don't take them to slaughterhouses is because the common sense will tell you, don't worry about conspiracy theories. Don't worry about anything other than the reality of what's happening when you can't look at an animal in the eyes and say, my momentary pleasure of their flesh or fluids crossing my tongue, the momentary pleasure that I'm experiencing is more valuable than the suffering of you and your children. It's unrealistic, it's unnecessary, it's irresponsible, it's thoroughly cruel. Felipe has created beautiful food. We're creating a beautiful uh, uh, company out of this. There's amazing people. Tofurky, Seth, thank you with all my heart, big brother. Miyoko, uh, Kurt from Freaking Vegan, Dave from Raw Rev. We have so many great companies. I can go on and on. Thank Eric from Juice Generation. Thank you for providing us with some of the food. And thank to everyone who's given us donations to allow <coughs> us to create action. And the last point I'll make is every vegan out there, every vegan out there, it's time. This is the time to make a difference. Lisa, go out and find out how you're going to feed some doctors and nurses. And everyone out at the very least, every single day, use this beautiful form that we have when everyone's just watching their frigging computer and their phones. Use this to just be aware and share awareness, share articles, share, share all the this things. Out. Share this out. Share this. And, share this. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, if you're Amazon Prime, just go to Amazon Prime. You can watch our new vegan cooking show, New Day, New Chef on Amazon Prime. Uh, and watch and, What the Health, and watch Cowspiracy, and yeah, watch Prayer for Compassion. Yeah, you can watch. We also have Countdown to Year Zero on Amazon Prime, which shows the connection between animal agriculture and climate change. Let me ask Felipe this, because Felipe, you're making the, you, you, you're, you, you more illustrate, like I've been vegan 23 years, Ray's been vegan a long time, but what led you to make the change? Because if we could understand what clicks, with you, that might apply to a lot of other people, and I applaud you for um, for being willing to grow in that manner. Wow. That's a good question, Jane. Uh, I was uh, on with Seth and uh, Elizabeth Alfano uh, last week, and we were talking about this exact point, and she asked the question, and I related it to, if you're in a developmental stage, and Ray mentioned and alluded to this, you kind of want to fall on your face and not fall on your derriere. And if you're falling on your face, you're charging ahead and you're going towards the future. So when I told her I'm a transitioning vegan, she said, you are, you are who we need, okay? In essence, because as a vegan, like you said, vegan 24 years, Ray, vegan 14 years, you guys are preaching to the quiet. You don't have to convince any other vegans to go vegan, okay? It's people like me who understand, and Ray has been hammering this, and he's gotten me to be a vegan three months, five months, and then I fall off the wagon. But every time that I do, there's a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more awareness, a little bit more appreciation. And this time, more than anything, it was the realization of we're here because of all of the things that we just mentioned. And you have to follow the money. You know, The money brought us into this problem in agriculture, big uh, cattle industry, uh, and the money is gonna get us out of this, okay? Because as people do see profit, okay? Right now, the dairy industry is, the plant-based uh, milk industry has 
cut into 13% of the overall business. That's, that, that's a significant number. In the alternative plant-based meats, they're just holding 1% of the business. And that's having a year-on-year increase of about 300 plus percent. And they're still just 1%. But that means that there's 99% available out there. So people who are looking to get into, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, you made a good point. And it just reminded me of something. Uh, Countdown to Year Zero on Amazon Prime, it profiles the work of Dr. Silas Rao, who is a systems analyst and an engineer, educated at Stanford, worked with Al Gore, brilliant, brilliant man. And he said, look, it's happening now because he wants to create a vegan world by 2026. We all do. He says we have to do it by then or we're going to experience ecological collapse. We've got to shift the culture by then. And uh, uh, what he says is it's very hard to appreciate exponential growth in real time. And he actually used the coronavirus as an example. People were saying, well, it was just one person here and one person there. And then all of a sudden you saw the exponential growth of this virus where now how many tens of thousands of people have died? Okay. So, um, in that's a negative example of exponential growth. Veganism is experiencing the positive example of that same exponential growth. It may seem like just a person here and a person there, but when it hits critical mass, it's going to explode very rapidly. So um, I think it's a perfect twin. Let's have the positive twin of exponential growth of plant-based as we see this terrible exponential growth of this killer disease that emanated from the torture of animals. Um, So that is just my response to you because you're saying 99% of the people still aren't vegan, but I said that to him and that was his response. So continue on as we wrap up. No, that, 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 that's a great point. When, when, when I was in grammar school, someone asked, would you take a million dollars at one shot or would you take a penny today, two pennies tomorrow, four pennies the next day for a month? And everyone said, we'll take a million dollars. Now, if you take the exponential growth of a penny today, two pennies tomorrow, four pennies the next day, by the end of a month, you get to some ridiculous multi-million dollar figure. And that's exactly what we're looking at right now. This is accelerated exactly that. You know, one vegan today, two vegans tomorrow, four vegans the next day. By the end of the month, you've got tens of millions of vegans. From your mouth to God's ear, I want to say we're out of time. Ray Apolito, vegan Ray. In the house, we love you. And Felipe Avalos, you're my hero. You're amazing. Both of you are my heroes. Thank you for all your amazing Thank you for having us, Jane. Thank you. And stay safe while you do all this incredible stuff. Thank you thank so you. very you, much. Love you both. Love you too. Thank Go you, Jane. And thank you to Voice America Radio. And um, is it Andrew in the control room today? Yeah. And Andrew and our executive producer, Tacey Trump. Thank you all. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.